This episode of Let's Go Pensacola is previously recorded. Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. We've got Jeremy Branch from the Movies Are Terrible channel on YouTube on the line with us. And we've been talking about a little bit of everything that's going on in uh, in pop culture. We just uh, got done talking about a great movie that we're recommending everybody see, that being In the Heights. And now we're going to talk about another movie that Jeremy has seen, but I have not yet seen. Uh, so we'll see if this is also a recommend, but we're talking about the Conjuring, is it called The Conjuring 3 or is it called The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It? Is there a number in there? Remind me. Remind me. Here. I think it's both. I believe it's both. So it's The Conjuring 3 colon The Devil Made Me Do It? Yeah, and I've actually seen it, The Conjuring colon The Devil Made Me Do It as well. Okay, so at any rate, it's the, it's the third proper Conjuring movie uh, uh, amongst the Conjuring universe that has now spread out into... Uh, You've got what is it? Three Annabelle movies and The Nun, and uh, wasn't The Curse of La Llorona in, in there too? Yeah, yeah. So they've built this whole universe out of uh, these films about uh, these uh, these real life quote unquote exorcists slash demonologists or whatever whatever they are. Spoiler alert: the real life people are are total scam artists and are yes. are, are very very bad people. But this is fictionalized and it's entertainment, so we won't we won't harp on that. But uh, there are a lot of people that really love this universe, and uh, in particular, the first two Conjuring movies themselves were very well received, both commercially and critically. They actually both got very very good reviews. Uh, the, some of the spinoff stuff, you know, the 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 reactions vary. But uh, but let me let me hear it on this, Jeremy. Is this another one for people to get excited about? It depends. I don't want to right off the bat say you aren't going to like this movie because there's only so many horror uh, franchises that come along every generation and, and uh, especially commercially viable ones, you know. So in, right now we've got The Conjuring for a long time. We had Paranormal Activity. There was a recent Saw movie. You know, there was a couple of hostile films in the early 2000s. But, you know, what The Conjuring did, for better or worse, I think, is bring back that late 1970s occult uh, kind of satanic panic element of horror movies that was missing for quite a while, especially in the early 2000s when everything was really revolving around human monsters. Uh, so this is a return to Supernatural, and 
while it's obvious to say that Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga carry the the Conjuring movies because they're both just so charismatic and they have great chemistry between each other, James Wan is the superstar of the Conjuring universe, and his presence is sorely missed from any of the Conjuring movies that he is not involved with. So he didn't have anything to do with the Conjuring 3 other than obviously kind of establishing that template for the long, slow pans in, and then the jump scare at the end, and his, his rhythm was great. The first two are, are intense, you know? Like, there's some really genuinely good scares in them. This third one bored me to tears, Julio. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, and, that, uh, that's how I felt about I haven't seen any of the actual, actual Conjuring films, but I've seen a couple of the spinoffs, and that's how I felt about, about those. I, I saw one of, I think it was the second Annabelle movie, and I saw The Nun, and I just, no, not, not for me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just gotten to be a little too formulaic, I think. But if you know, if you're a listener and you really enjoy that style of, of movie, I think there's things there for you. Um, as Julio eloquently summed up at the beginning, I think a lot of the issues that I have started having with this universe is the difference between, like, if James Wan is directing a horror movie inspired by true events and he can make the Warrens likable, that's a pretty uh, Herculean task in itself. But without him being able to add that like classiness to the movie, I felt like it really leans into a lot of uh, conservatism and religious value, uh, kind of fundamentals stuff. And I didn't really like the way that they portrayed uh, the person who murdered somebody. I mean, it's like it, the, the whole movie hinges on this idea that somebody was actually possessed by the devil and that's what explains why they did what they did and uh it was just hard to buy into any of it like i was almost <clears throat> i don't want to say i wasn't offended by it i was just like this is such a uh <clears throat> a misrepresentation of these events and i do think that there's ways of doing that well within the horror genre typically you want to portray the bad guys as being bad and the good guys as being good, but it gets really, uh, it gets really messy in these kind of situations. And I, I just found that the problem with it is that it lacks focus. You really, I, I was under the impression this was going to be like a courtroom drama that kept going to flashbacks of the actual events. All of that stuff happens within the first act of the movie. And then we're off to some totally different stuff. And everything after that first act did not work for me. Well, you know, it's the danger of any horror franchise that eventually the formula is going to get stale. So maybe we've reached that point with this. Maybe we haven't. Maybe they'll find a way to bring it back. You know, certainly other horror franchises have have done that. I would say the uh, the, the Halloween reboot a couple of years ago was oh, fantastic, sure. and I'm really looking forward to Halloween Kills coming out later this year. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I've never been big on this particular universe anyway. So, uh, but for those well, of you— Well, you're not missing out. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, uh, let's let's move on because I wanted to get in a little time to talk about the new trailer that came out for the upcoming Netflix series Masters of the Universe Revelations. And uh, man, you know, I, 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 I certainly watched a little bit of Masters of the Universe when I was a kid, but I was almost a little too old for it when it came out. And uh, so I, I wouldn't ever have considered myself to be a huge fan of this property. But, man, does this trailer look like it's everything you would want that to be. It is just, I mean, I, the, the action is outstanding. The character designs are fantastic. And the, the voices. And the voices, you know, you don't get to hear a lot of the voices. But you get to hear Mark Hamill as Skeletor. First of all, genius. 
that that that's just genius casting. You get to hear a little bit of Chris Wood as He Man, hear a, a, a little bit of some of the other characters, but uh, overall, it's just this big, mega, huge action piece, and takes up from where the original Masters of the Universe series left off. And I mean, even Orko looks like a badass in this. Yes, <laughs> I, I mean, does. Orko was like a comic relief character, and he was kind of annoying. But man, in this, Orko looks cool. How did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure who did the song. You probably are going to be right on top of it, but Holding uh, Out for a Hero. Yeah, it's Bonnie Tyler. So Bonnie Tyler's uh, song is featured throughout the the length of the trailer, which really does bring us back to that era of when He-Man was out. And, you know, similar to your experience, but on the other end of the spectrum, I was just a little too young um, for He-Man. Like, I was very, very young when it was airing. However... I got all my older brother's hand-me-downs of the action figures, mm-hmm. so I know Iclops and Evil Inn and Beast Man and Skeletor and He-Man and Orko, like you said. There's, there's several characters that I definitely recognize, and I love their redesigns. It's like very true to what you would uh, think, even with Battle Cat, but updated in a way that makes it look contemporary. Yeah, and, it's, it's like know, classic and modern at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that Kevin Smith is attached to it, I mean, I I think I can speak for both of us when I say I've been a fan of him and following him for a long time. And uh, I I am very curious to check this show out and to become a He-Man fan because, like you said, I I didn't quite catch it at that time, but I I liked the canon movie even with Frank Langella as Skeletor and Dolph Lundgren as as He-Man. So I've got a connection to the franchise, but this is probably the most excited i've been about the property ever you know yeah same same here you know i'm looking forward to coming out next month on netflix and uh you know we we mentioned some of the characters and some of the voices but uh, in particular i'm also very interested to hear um sarah michelle geller is voicing tila and we didn't really get ah. to we didn't get to hear her in the the trailer that i noticed so I, i'm eager to see what she does with that role because i think uh I think that will be a lot of fun too. Yeah, Kevin Smith is kind of the the showrunner for this, uh, but this doesn't appear to be, at least in the you know from what we've seen from the trailers, this doesn't appear to be like you know a lot of people are going to think of it being like a stoner comedy he man. It's not that. It's, no, this is, no. <laughs> this is very much you know in keeping with what you remember from he man and and very much for the fans and uh, seems to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. I'm looking forward to hearing some more of the score because Bear McCreary did the scores for these. And, oh, and he's uh, great. Yeah, you know, you of course might remember him from Battlestar Galactica doing the score work on that, but he's done tons of other stuff. Uh, so, you know, they're they're really kind of going they're going all out with this. And uh, I'm here for it, man. I think uh, I think it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, Bear McCreary also did uh, Child's Play uh, recently, the one that Mark Hamill voiced the Chucky doll in. So there's a little six degrees of separation. Yeah, well, you know, just to get Bear McCreary to do the music for anything Mark Hamill does from now on, unless it's Star Wars. Yes, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Or maybe even if it is, who knows? I mean, it's not like John Williams scored The Mandalorian. Uh, That's not still a a spoiler, is it? That's not still a spoiler, is it? No, 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 no. It's when you say that Darth Vader shows up in the uh, in the end of the second season that we get into spoilers. Yeah. Okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. We've got to take another break, guys. We'll be back with more in just a moment. You're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620.